Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review the Indie Cornrows Podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, subscribe anywhere else you can get the podcast. Um, that really helps us kind of grow this thing, get some more exposure, and um, do some really cool things. It's, uh, it's been really neat because when I, you know, when I took over and Tom had me take this over, we were at, I think, 5,000 downloads over like six months, and now... We're approaching like 25,000 downloads in like an even shorter time frame than that. And um, we've been like a top 100 basketball podcast a couple of times recently. So it's been pretty cool. So just uh, keep play, letting me know what you think of the pod, what I can do better. And I'll, I'll keep putting stuff out 100%. So um, I'm really excited for today. Just we, we had a, a lot of news drops with someone I've kind of been in correspondence a little bit with uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, basically since the season ended, I think is when we first got in touch. But uh I'm I'm really excited to bring on Derek Kramer, the founder of iPacers on. Obviously a wonderful Twitter presence for Pacers Twitter. Um excited to talk about some 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 things Pacers and, and NBA related today. Derek, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining. I'm doing pretty great. And yeah, you know, you've really reached the big time when you get me on your podcast, right? Yeah. So here we go. Hey, it's just it's, I mean, you got a much better follower account than I do on Twitter. If we're going just strictly off that, it's uh you know, is everything's face value, but no, I, honestly, I, I really enjoy your content. So I, I am psyched to talk some Pacers. Hey, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on. I look forward to it. I'll try to, we'll try to get your follower count up. because <laughs> Yeah, it'll happen. Slowly but surely. Content. You're putting out a lot more content than me. So I think you deserve some more. Followers well, we'll now. see what happens. I, I Followers doesn't even matter. It's just getting, getting the right stuff out. But, um, you know, I think the first thing we can talk about, this one's, I don't even have a whole ton to say about it because I don't, again, with assistant coaches, you never know, but we finally have after, you know, waiting for two weeks, which it feels like way longer than that um, since Nate Bjorken was announced as head coach, but there's finally an assistant coach uh, on the team. Uh, Greg Foster was brought in yesterday. Um, I, I know he was on uh, the training day roster for one of the, uh, one of the rosters in the early 2000s. I do not remember which roster, to be completely honest with you, did not make the full team. Um, but I, I wonder your thoughts on him just kind of coming in and uh, how the coaching staff is or more really hasn't rounded out yet. I know Danny Manning was mentioned, but um, nothing's really come to fruition with that yet. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. You like just keep waiting for names to come out. Uh, as far as like Greg Foster goes, to be honest with you, I had never... I don't, I don't think I'd ever heard his name before, to be honest. Like I, like I looked into him a little bit, but like, there's nothing like, yeah, he was a major part of this with the, with the bucks or anything. Yeah. I think it was, he was on the camp roster in 2003, if I remember mm -hmm. right from uh Tony East tweet about it. Yeah, I think but that's correct. I don't even remember him when he was a player. So yeah exactly because yeah. i remember i saw foster and i was like oh jeff foster out of nowhere and then i saw greg i was like who is greg foster but yeah i think i think every pacer fan hoped that it was jeff foster no one even cares that he's never coached before or anything everyone would have been like yes this is yes we're in yeah oh man he would have been an immediate fan favorite i think it's uh the most telling sign for that 
I'm a person, I'm very player centric. So I, I'm, you know, as much as I enjoy the Pacers, I'm, I'm, I have, I try and come with like pretty objective lead views and just root for players. Um, Cause I think the, the older I've gotten, which I'm not even that old, but you know, I think the older I've gotten, the more I just look at like, okay, I really like players view them as people, you know, they do cool things, um, organizations or whatever, you know? Um, but it's, it's really funny because I wrote an article um, one of the very first articles I wrote at Indy Cornrose was just kind of getting my feet wet. I actually got hired the day after the season got called uh, for the pre-hiatus. So I immediately came in and had nothing to write about. Um, so it, it, it kind of in the way where you have everything to write about. So really, you have almost nothing to write about. Um, so I, I decided to, to take up the mantle of writing about why Jermaine O'Neal's jersey should be retired. And um, I got a lot of heat for that, actually, which I was really surprised by. And I had uh, actually more than one person tell me that Jeff Foster deserved to have his number retired over Jermaine O'Neal. Um, so I think if, if if there's anything more telling than uh, about the way the Indiana fans view Jeff Foster, I I am remiss to find it because I have not yet. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's all you can say to that. I, yeah, I would some spice agree with you. Um, that Jermaine would deserve it. If anybody in their NBA history that does would deserve it, I think it's Jermaine. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I love Jeff Foster, but I'm not going to put his, put his number in the rafters or anything. Yeah, no, I, I am very much so agreeing with that. I don't know if you follow all the smoke. It's the um, Steven Jackson and um, Matt Barnes. They just had uh, Ron Artest on yesterday and he actually, they spent like five or six minutes talking about Jeff Foster, which I thought was really funny, but um just such a random player to, to always kind of go back on, but has yeah. a very interesting place in Pacers lore that, that much for sure. Um, especially with the spiked hair can never forget the spiked hair. Um, so kind of moving off Greg Foster, I think the, the biggest news that we have to talk about is the season being back officially now, as I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I called it yesterday. One of my friends who, uh, uh, all of my friends who, who, who don't really follow the NBA, um, they always hit me up with random stuff. Like, you know, uh, every two or three weeks like, well, what's, what's happening. I'm like, well, this is happening. And in a much more detailed text than that, obviously. And when my friends asked me when we'd know about the season, I was like, Oh, probably tomorrow morning. And we <laughs> got the, got the message in the morning. I was like, all right, I did something right. Call me Woj. Um, but yes, 72 games starting on December 22nd, which is, you know, what, what they'd really brought between the, uh, the MBPA um, to try and discuss and, and figure out, obviously there was pushback immediately and money talks, so we're going to have the season back early. Um, way earlier than I uh, I think I'm ready for because it, I, I was thinking about this a week ago. I kept pushing off all my draft work because I kept trying to think too much about free agency and all this stuff. And now the draft is in 12 days, um, so I'm scrambling. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, th that's where we're at. Draft on the 18th, training camp December 1st. Somewhere in between there, free agency has to happen in, in 12 days uh, prior to training camp. And then you think about that, too. Guys have to move. Uh, guys have to discuss. Like, I don't even I have, I have no idea how long free agency will be. Um, and then the, the games will start on the 22nd, obviously. So I think this is about to be the most jam packed month and a half uh, we've ever really seen in the NBA. And I, I have I am very excited to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's going to be it's just like, wow. Like if just think about how you, like you feel like overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. and how, do you, how, do, how do you think the players, especially the ones that just got out of the bubble 
and like we're in deep in the playoffs and then the the front office which the front office like they should be prepared like they had all those months when no games were going on mm-hmm. but like that's a that's a tight tight window to get all your finalized draft plans and finalized free agency plans together like and then like you got the Pacers situation they still need to fill out a coaching staff so there's there's so much going on it's going to be such a crazy whirlwind of just nonstop stuff going on in November for all these NBA teams. Yeah, exactly. And and one thing I'm really interested about too, um, I, I don't know how much it will impact the Pacers because they only have the, they have the 54th pick as of now, you know, that's what's, what's going down as long as no moves are made. And we'll get to that later as well. But, you know, I wonder how much this is going to impact rookies because there's not going to be a summer league. Um, they're, they're literally going to go right from being drafted to having to report to, to, to fall camp or I guess winter camp now. Um, which I, I mean, that's, I can't imagine going from not even getting to play in the tournament. Um, and so, I mean, most of these guys haven't played, obviously they're getting runs in, I'm sure now, um, and have been for a while, but I mean, to not actually be playing in organized, organized games, going through combines and everything. And I guess some guys are now, but not to the extent that they would normally. Um, I'm really interested, interested to see how this impacts rookies heading in. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year. Like, who handled this long layoff the best with all these rookies? It's like, I think I saw something where, like, Lamelo Ball, who's at the top, one of the top guys in the draft class, like, he hasn't been able, no one's been able to watch him play for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a long time for a guy at the top without, like, an injury issue, um, at least recently that I know of. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, how are all these – how, how did all these guys handle this long, long layoff? And then how are the NBA teams? They had extra time to study guys. You would think they'd be able to pick more of them out that might be sleepers or whatever it might be. Um, but it's it's just, yeah, it's everything about this time is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think this is more just like a galaxy brain thought, but I kind of wonder too um, – you know, obviously, you know, being able to dive in more and watch more film is always a good thing. You know, more data points uh, tends to result in better decisions. But I do wonder, too, if maybe there will be some guys who get completely overanalyzed and overthought, you know, maybe somebody who has a more simplistic game. Um, but, you know, that's just a that's just a random thought in the back of my head. I wonder if that'll happen. But again, I think I'm just so excited for this season because it's going to be just so weird. Like, I think we're going to really just have no idea what to think. You, you know, we've going into the bubble. I felt like that. Um, I think things really settled in, especially in the playoffs. Um, we really kind of were like, okay, this is really high level competition. Um, and there were moments where I forgot that it was even in a bubble because of how in tune I was with everything and, you know, not really noticing that there weren't fans actually being kind of very fond of there not being fans <laughs> because I'm just kind of more that person. Um, but yeah, a lot that that we're really just unsure of going in. I think the first thing that I would ask, just in regards to the Pacers, um, you know, obviously coming out of the bubble, um, or I guess coming out of the playoff exit, um, obviously Nate McMillan gets fired, Nate Bjorkman is hired. Um, looking directly right now with where the Pacers are at, um, I, I think my my question just would be, if you're looking at this roster right now at its current state, what is, what's your kind of grade is the wrong word, but um, what are your thoughts on them? If they head into the season with this exact roster? I think I'm probably uh, on the side where I would be more excited to see this current roster again than a lot of people. 
um, mostly just because of the new coach. Like I want to see what this roster can do with new Nate doing more modern things and a lot of stuff differently on both ends of the floor than what old Nate did. Um, and I think it's, I think it's going to be hard for Pritchard to really make changes this off season, uh, this, this crazy short whirlwind of an off season, just because we don't know what the values of these guys are. Um, like the guys that you hear rumored about being traded potentially like Victor Oladipo, what's his value right now? Like it's so hard to figure out what other teams would even think about for him. Like it, there's rumors that like the, the heat might just be moving on like that. Like, eh, you don't really look that good right now. We're going to look elsewhere. Um, so like, I think, I think their best option anyway, even if they want to trade him is to probably just go into the season, see how he does and then go from there. Um, I, 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 I personally want, I want to see that starting five actually get a chance to play together and with a new coach and see how it goes. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think especially looking at last year, they hardly even got to play together. Um, you know, I guess you could include like the last, you know, 10, 10 game stretch um, pre hiatus, but even then, I mean, Victor was still kind of really trying to figure himself out. Um, the roster was never really fully there. And I think Malcolm was in and out for a lot of those games too. Um, I think I, I would agree with you. I think I've kind of come around on it a little bit, um, but I'm very, I'm definitely pessimistic on it. Um, I just think, you know, especially talking to Caitlin about this a lot too. I mean, I just think that there are, there's so much that we've already seen from not necessarily the starting five, but watching Miles and Domas play together. Um, I think I'm, actually less apprehensive about their offense than I am about their defense, because I think there are things that you can do that I think really, you know, it, you can, you can look and say, all, all right, theoretically, if miles is able to become a more willing shooter and, and really become actualized in his role, I see how that fits next to Doma. So, you know, I get that. Um, but I think I look defensively and I always point to the final game before, before the bubble happened against Boston um, when Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum just killed Miles and Domas in the corners. You know, every, everything that Boston was generating was off drives from the corners because neither guy could get out and cover some of the ranger wings that Boston had. And I think that's something that's going to be an issue moving forward that I, I just don't really know how you scheme around that. I guess you could technically play more zone. But again, again, that's stuff that's up to Nate Bjork and it's stuff for me to point out. It's tough for him to figure out. Um, but I think I, I just see like enough there where I'm like, I get wanting to, to to go back and see what we can do, but uh, I, I'm certainly a little bit apprehensive. So I definitely agree with you that the defense is for sure uh, the issue. Like it's just both of them kind of, they don't match up as well as they do offensively, at least potentially. Like, like you said, Miles has to be a more willing shooter. Hopefully a new coach enables that in him to like, if he's open, just shoot it. Cause that's, that's what you're good at on that end. And then, yeah, the other end is for sure the issue. Um, I think New Nate will be a lot better at, though, like in the games against Boston when they have a lot of those wings. We're not going to be able to play you guys together tonight. Like some of those matchups when, yeah, this is definitely not going to work, we can play something else. Like I think he, he'll be more open to, yeah, we're going to play this a lot, but some games we're not going to play it at all. And I think that's where hopefully those guys will be okay with, like, probably miles like you're not going to start every game like yes you'll probably start most games or maybe when we start for the first few minutes and then we're going to have to switch it out in this one 
things like that. Like I, I think New Date will be a lot better at not being just stuck in his same rotation every day. And I think he even said that in his press conference. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really interesting point to bring up. I think um, I have some thoughts about that because I wonder, um, not to poke holes in that, but I, I do wonder how how excited uh, Miles will be to come off the bench. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that they're definitely going to try and figure out. I know uh, Nate mentioned in a, I don't think it was in his opening presser, but he opened in a radio um, radio spot that uh, that he's he's looking at maybe staggering them more. And I wonder how much you can stagger them more because essentially, I mean, they're already staggered for for much of the game. So I'm interested to see how that works out. And um, if it's really successful, then I'm I'm not going to have complaints about it. But I, I do wonder allowed certainly you know if you have two guys that you're paying like a combined 35 million dollars next season and they're they're not playing at their best when they're together um that that certainly arises some questions for me yep and that's like yeah there's definitely and that's there's a reason why miles is always in trade rumors and have been for years now um i definitely agree like i just think i think part of it is they have to they have to go into it saying that they want to make it work because if they don't then the trade value tanks. Yeah. So they they might be planning on trying to trade him, but they're not going to say that out loud. Something I'm really just looking forward to. We don't know exactly when the trade moratorium is going to lift, but I I mean it's going to be within the next week and a half. It has to be because it's, it always happens right before the draft. So I mean we're we're just going to have it like the twelfth. I don't know. Um, but I I wonder just kind of on how Kevin Pritchard in the front office operates. You know they're very tight lipped. All of the significant deals that have happened while he's been at the helm have been largely out of nowhere. Like I remember when TJ Warren got traded for last summer, um, I was on my couch reading up on stuff before the draft and I saw that the trade happened and it was like, it came out of nowhere. I was totally surprised by it. Um, I remember the Paul George trade that I was like so convinced that it was either going to be the Cleveland or Denver trade and then OKC out of nowhere. Um, So I'm, that's something I'm definitely curious about and, and wondering if that'll happen. I know they, they spoke a ton in, in his opening presser about, you know, how they, they talk to candidates about, um, you know, what they would do with the current roster. Um, but I do wonder it, it, to some extent if that's just a little bit of a, like a smoking gas trick. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts kind of on that? I, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think Kevin Pritchard, I th- probably knows like he can't he can't say is he can't show his hand like what he wants to do and i'm sure he wants to make this roster work if he can but like he sees the same thing that everybody else does that maybe miles and domas can't work Uh, i'm probably more optimistic on it than most people uh but yeah like the i don't know like i i still feel like i think he probably sees that these guys values aren't what they could be if they start playing better in the season Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more likely that no one gets no big guys get traded, but who knows? Like stuff, crazy stuff happens in this league all the time. And like you said, the Pacers are always, whenever they make a move, it's surprising. We don't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be very interesting, but uh, looking at the roster as it's, as it's currently assembled, um, like you talked about with new Nate, um, I'm really excited about new Nate because uh you know, we we obviously we've seen a ton from just impressors and uh, everything that's come out since. And we, we can go back and look at kind of some of the stuff he did in in the G League as a head coach and, and really cross match that with with what he is talking about doing. And I think that there's a lot there that that kind of shows that he's going to and play some somewhat like Toronto did 
obviously with his own brand on it, um, but just like playing a deeper roster, doing a lot of the things that, that this team's not used to, um, kind of being a, a little bit of a polar opposite, maybe taking away some of the continuity and, and throwing in a lot more versatility and um, just interesting looks. Um, so I think one of the questions I want to ask you in, in looking at what this team could be doing differently next year um, what are like a couple of things that you look at from this past season that you think could really improve through just having some of that versatility this year? So like, I, I agree with you. Like I'm very excited about new Nate and uh, like, you're right. Like we don't know, can't know everything about him since he hasn't been a head coach at this level before, but I am very, I'm just very excited. Like he seems like the exact kind of guy that I was hoping that they would get. And it seems like they were very extensive in their search. Uh, I'm super thrilled about them. Um, as far as like things that uh, old Nate didn't do that I, I'm looking forward to new Nate doing. Um, I, I like that he switches things up on defense that it won't just be the same thing every time down the court, as good as the Pacers are defensively. Like I think that'll be like, that'll be new and exciting. Um, just to see some different looks and like teams won't know what to expect all the time. And then the other biggest thing is like we mentioned it before is just the, like he won't be stuck in that same rotation. And I'm really looking forward to some of the younger guys that just always sat on the bench. Um, even when it was a blowout late in games, like those guys getting more of a chance to play and more of a chance to develop and maybe even becoming like real rotation ready players like I want to see more minutes for Edwin Sumner I want to see like a random night where somebody like Alizé Johnson just like gets to play in a meaningful game like there's not you can't do that every game for certain guys but like find those opportunities to find to find places to play some of these guys they're on the roster let's like find a reason to use them see if they can play yeah no I I really like that I I think especially for Ed I think it killed me in the playoffs um, seeing how well Ed played in the first game when Vic went down and then he played like a collective 10 minutes the rest of the series. I think that was really disappointing, uh, especially seeing, you know, how he was able to impact the game defensively and just even getting out and running in transition. Um, so I definitely look for that, um, especially because, I mean, we just in knowing from watching this team play, like he's got he's got it. You know, he has the athleticism. If he can just get some consistent run, I really think he's going to be an impact player, at least in, in some level in the rotation. Um, and then I totally agree on Alizé. You know, I think he's funny because he's played so well in the G League and his shot just hasn't translated at all in the NBA yet. He hasn't really gotten a ton of opportunity to shoot in the NBA, which like like we're mentioning. Um, but I think he's somebody who could be really interesting if we rarely see Miles run with the bench unit because – the bench unit is like the polar opposite of what miles should be with because they're a really small group. They, they can't rebound. Um, that is the, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's like a, a recipe for disaster. If miles is on the floor, um, they're going to get totally killed on the glass. But if you stick somebody next to Alize, well, I mean, Alize next to miles, that's like a theoretical good fit. Like if, if Alize can maybe develop a shot a little bit, he's a guy who you can, maybe trust a little bit in terms of, I don't, I don't know enough about what he can do on, on defense. Like ever, whenever I watch him, he seems like just okay-ish enough. Like he's clearly got a lot of stuff to work on as a defender, but like you see the fit, like you see the idea. Okay. He's a really good rebounder. That's his NBA skill. Um, so technically, you know, he seems like a guy who could fit next to miles. I, I agree. 
<laughs> I, I, I really want to see Alize get a chance. And I feel like that's the pro, like that's the struggle for so many second round picks is just getting a chance for a long stretch to prove that they can do what they do at an NBA level. I think, I think Alize can defend fairly well. Obviously it's hard to tell. He hasn't mm-hmm. had a ton of NBA tape, but like just watching him in like the summer league and some of his G league games, like I think He's not the strongest guy like a defending down low, but I think he can defend multiple positions. Like he's a guy that you could switch with and hold his own against guards and things like, and like you said, like miles with the bench, like never really works. Cause like Domas is that rebounder guy. Like that's why some miles, that's not his strength, but Alizé next to him, like he can help pick up that slack. I completely agree. Um, then we never, I don't know if we ever saw those two guys play together. Like that never, never would have happened under old Nate. And maybe it will with new Nate. One thing, uh, just to go back to Sumner for a second that I just thought of that I think could help him as well. Like a lot of his minutes, even when he got a chance, it was just like, okay, you're just in to play defense. Like go stand in the corner on offense. Like you're not doing anything when you're on that end of the floor. And I think new Nate, like he likes to have other people, like not the same guy, bring the ball up every time. Like it's the the first guard or somebody that can dribble, just go. And I think that also would help a guy like Edmund Sumner and even Alizé who loves to get the rebound dribble. And then like his passing on in transition is like really good and surprising. Like I always noticed that uh, during summer league play, like he would always make a great pass in transition. Like it doesn't seem like he's that, great of a like you just his vision is very surprising in transition so like both of those guys I feel like that's another thing where they might work pretty well with new Nate. yeah no definitely I I, I think we're we're, def- we're gonna keep hitting on the same points I really I really agree I'm, I'm just excited I think one thing that that that, that kind of reminds me of this a little bit um obviously it's slightly different it's always a little bit uh I have to be cautious talking about the Pistons but uh you know, I think Larry Brown used to in the 0304 season, they would always dump the ball into Ben Wallace to start the game uh, just to get him a touch and get get used to get get energized to be on the court. Um, and I think it's just like little small things like that, that that, that, that old Nate didn't do. Um, so I think like that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm excited to see, like it, Ed, Ed getting to run pick and roll. You know, it, it might go horribly. Who who knows? We, we, we like almost we have like no way to, to really know. But it's something that I want to see, and I think it, it's got some viability, and it makes me excited too. I think I don't know how how into the draft you are. I'm just kind of getting into it for the first time this year, um, but I, I'm really excited. I think there's some guys who at 54 could really contribute to the team, and um, you know, be a, a mainstay in the rotation if, if they get an opportunity. So I'm really excited to see um, just having seeing 11 guys play in one night when it's not a blowout is going to be incredible. Like I, whoever the 54th pick is, I almost guarantee you, I'm going to fall in love with that person and wish that they played a lot more. Uh, that's just like uh, every Pacers second round pick. I think like, yeah, this guy could make it. And then, well, you know, like some of them, like George Niang, like he didn't do it with the Pacers, but he ended up becoming a rotation player for the Jazz. And then there's guys like Joe Young who don't make it in the NBA, but they dominate in China. So it's always fun to see these uh, Pacers second round picks and how they end up. Um, definitely looking forward to whoever that guy is at number 54. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think kind of in, in wrapping up a little bit and, and looking ahead to uh, 
to the start of next year, or I guess this year, cause it's still this year. I don't know. Um, you know, what are some kind of, if, if you could narrow it down to like two or three things, um, improvements that you hope to see next year, you know, just from individual players that, that, that you think could really, um, benefit the team or not even just benefit the team, but something that you would, that would, that would be exciting for you to see. Uh, I think the number one thing that I'm most interested to see is miles Turner. Like I want to see how he does with a new coach. Is he still super hesitant on offense or does he look confident? Is he like, I just want to see how much, I don't know if this is the right phrasing, but how much was old mate holding him back? on that end like obviously miles has his issues offensively but he looks so much better when he's confident like those Mm -hmm. last three games of the heat series like he looked good offensively because he just didn't hesitate he shot the ball um that's the most like the biggest thing that i want to see like i think this is the year for miles whether um just to know if he can reach that potential that everybody thinks he has, or at least thought he had at the start of his career. A lot of people have probably jumped the, jumped the boat on that. Uh, at least my, all the comment sections and uh, Facebook. Will, oh will God. Let, Don't even get me started on, uh, on Pacers <laughs> Facebook. What half the fan base seems to think about miles Turner. Um, but I'm really excited to see what happens with him this year. I think we'll, we'll get a lot of answers and know for sure uh, what miles can and can't be. I think um, he's still so young, which is crazy. Yeah. Both him and the monster still so young. Yeah, no, I really, I really like that point. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with him with a new coach. And I think it's uh, not to, not to butt in, but I think it, it, you, you bring up a really great point. You know, I, I remember miles coming out of Texas. I, I don't know how much you watched of his Texas film, but I remember that dude being one of the like least intriguing athleticism prospects I've ever seen like his running form was just atrocious and that's this isn't trying to be harsh like go like to, to people listening go back and watch I, I swear I bring this up on the podcast like every two or three pods um but I mean I was not convinced that he was going to be an NBA athlete like I knew he had this the talent and the skill um but what he's done to to get to where he's at has been incredible and I think it's really odd to look at how we should temper um how how we should you know hype guys up or or try and reserve some of our expectations. Cause I think miles has been an incredible player considering where he was picked at. You know, I, I think the initial expectations for him coming out weren't really that high that I remember from him being drafted. Um, you know, he's the first lottery pick in gosh, how, however many years for Indiana. Since Paul I, yeah. Since Paul George, since 2010. So it had been five years since the Pacers had a lottery pick. Um, and I think it, it, it's odd because obviously his second year, he was incredible. You know, he averaged like 15 and eight his second year, I believe. And um, it, it, so I think that really heightened the expectations. But I think you also look at it too. Like, I mean, he was as a 19 year old, he was the second best player on that team because that team was so bad. Like, and that's not to besmirch the team, but I mean, like Thad was good, but like Thad was not even the second option on offense. I, like Miles was close to the second option on offense that year, which is like bonkers to say, I mean, Jeff Teague would say that he was the first option on that team, but um, we would disagree. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so it's, it's interesting. And I'm really interested to see, I've said interesting like six times, but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with miles this year for sure. Yeah. I'm a, I have a lot of theories on miles Turner. So but, like, I think I'll, I'll get my answers this year. So like, I'm, I'm very optimistic on miles. I always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I, I think I'll, I'll get to see whether he is what I think he is. And hopefully we'll have some positive results. Yeah, definitely. So what else? Uh, I think I, I accidentally cut you off before you're going to your next one. Oh, yeah, you're good. Um, other big one, I think I want to see, like, how much of TJ Warren from the bubble comes into this season. Like, how much of that was real? Like, is he going to keep doing the pull-up threes? Like, please, yes, let's let's see more of that. Um, that that's probably the other biggest one. Like, yeah, is, is TJ Warren, like, really going to be, like, a number one option nightly? Um and then is and then the other big thing is like can Victor Oladipo be himself again? Yeah, that's yeah, just, no, definitely. That's just wait and see. Like who knows? Like that's the and then if he's a number one option, and then like I think ideally probably T.J. Warren is still a number two or a number three. Like then like this team like might be able to make some noise in the playoffs if those guys can can be at the top of their games. So it's yeah, just yeah. To bring, bring home interesting for the. <laughs> yeah it's that's a those are really great points especially you know pounding home on the interesting again i yeah i it's i i don't know what the exact word would be for this team i think just the idea of what they can be is so fluid to me because there are days when i look at them and i'm like well if this is like the same team from last year that team was on track for what i think they were on track for 52 wins something like that which would have been the best in in the nate era um, and I mean, they were, that's, what's so wild to think about uh, if you erase the bubble, I mean, that team was good. It was a good team. They weren't great, but they were, they were pretty good, you know? Um, and, and you look at, okay, if they do the same thing again, I, it's different because Brooklyn's going to be better, obviously. Um, Philly just addition by subtraction will, will probably be better. I, I expect they're going to have roster moves before the season starts. Um, you know, so right now going in, I think you look, okay, if this team is the same as last year, they're probably like around the sixth seed. Um, but then you also conversely look and say, all right, if Victor is 95% of what he was in, in 17, 18, because I, I don't know if he'll ever be able to be fully what he was. I, I'm hopeful because I really like Victor as a person. Um, and obviously that'd be great for the Pacers. But I mean, you look at that and you say, okay, well, maybe TJ – some of those improvements were real. And I think there were real improvements there. I, I don't know how, how exacerbated they were by the bubble, but, but again, we'll see that. Um, but then like, there's a, there's a moment you can look at it and be like, well, if this team really hits and they coalesce and Nate Bjorken's really just able to get every ounce he can out of the roster, like that's a 50, like a 50 plus win team. Like they're really good. If they really hit, like, okay, you could see them as a top four seed in the East. So it's, I think it's why I, I, I've been doing so much content about this offseason because I just really have no idea um, what to think about this team going into next year, or, or more importantly, what we're even going to get from them because there are just so many ways in which this could go. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you, like, like you said, with, uh, like whether new Nate's going to get like every ounce of this team. Like that was always what people said about um, old Nate. It's like, he's, he's getting everything out of this team. Uh, like they're like, you don't expect this group to get that many wins. So I'm really interested to see, like, does this more modern approach, like being more efficient in your choosing your shot selection and all of those type of things, like, can that lead to more wins? Like a lot of people think that it could. So like, I'm, 
it's going to be, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to use the same word. We both keep using. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just going to have to title the podcast. Interesting. Yes. with Mark and Derek. So <laughs> it could be a new segment. Um, but yeah. Um, Derek, this was fun, man. We're definitely going to have to do it again. Um, do you have any kind of closing remarks before we get out of here? Oh, <laughs> I think the only closing remarks I can think about are political. So I'm just not going to make any uh, <laughs> to keep that out of the podcast for your sake. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, I, I'm fine with whatever, but yeah, I, I, I understand that. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, it, it was cool to connect for a little bit. Um, anything cool and exciting going on in your life. That's uh, that, that, that you're not stressed out about um, obviously with the election. Man, not stressed out about like I I had a new baby right at the start of the pandemic. Oh my! <laughs> so he's uh he's seven months old now, and like like it, for a while it just felt like the time wasn't moving. So he's been a, he's been our clock just to prove that. <laughs> yeah, time is not standing still. So yeah, not a lot going on that's not very stressful in my life right now. I'm also a teacher, so like going to school every day with a bunch of kids who don't wear their masks. Right. <laughs> oh, that's gotta be awful. My mom is, my mom is a middle school teacher and uh, yes, she's been going yeah. through the same thing. I always talk to her about it. So it's a, uh, yeah. it is a tough, tough scene, man. Stress is everywhere. It's all good. Yeah. Basketball is coming back. There we go. Exactly. That's what I'm going to do. It's how I survived the pandemic. I'll just drown myself in basketball and figure it out from there. So, um, Again, Derek, thanks again to everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Of course, if you didn't already at the beginning, be sure to go rate and review uh, on the on Apple Podcasts. Well, uh, obviously, go check out iPacers and, and check out everything Derek does. Of course, follow him on Twitter. Fantastic follow on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter if you're not already and uh, just keep up with everything any corners is doing. And Stay safe out there. Be smart. And have a good rest of your day.